What is up? Um, welcome back to a new episode of HUW Podcast, Zoomers Take on Fire. I am Derek, one of your co-hosts, accompanied by Andrew and Kevin. And this week, we're going to dive a little bit more into a new series that we wanted to do um, to really push forward a getting started package. Specifically, this episode is going to be about passive investing. We're going to go over the general game plan, what people usually look for when they're a passive investor, and the advantages and drawbacks that come with this kind of strategy. So grab a cup of coffee, your favorite drink, some snacks, and let's unpack all of this. All right, welcome back. I'm pretty excited for this uh, episode on passive investing just because, you know, it sounds kind of boring. But once we unpack this thing, y'all are pretty going to be pretty hyped about it as well. So first things first, we're going to kick it off with the game plan for passive investing. And Derek is like your man on this. So kick it <laughs> off, Derek. Yeah, as someone who is a passive investor myself, generally after doing some research, the general game plan for someone who is into passive investing this type of investor is someone who likes to seek and avoid fees, you know, any extreme volatile performance that can occur within frequent trading. Um, when you're a passive investor, you generally think it's risky and oftentimes very difficult to outthink or outplay the stock market. And therefore, you either aim to match some sort of benchmark, whether that's the market, sector, or industry performance. And then also, um, as an investor, you generally don't want to, you either don't have a lot of time or you want more of your time to do things other than, you know, spending a lot of time researching good companies and you want to divert that time for any other endeavors kind of within your life. And so this game plan really resonated well with me in the beginning and still does to this very day. And which is why um, passive investing is kind of what I strive to do. What do you guys think? I mean, Andrew, what, did, yeah, I think that, like, what kind of life could you have if you passively invested instead of actively invested, dude? I think that last point, Derek, you made about spending less time finding good companies um, also applies to spending less time during market hours, right? And so if you live on the Pacific um, Standard Time Zone, you'll find yourself waking up prior to 6.30 and <laughs> um, staying like attuned to your computer looking at tickers until 1.00. And oftentimes that just is very draining. I don't know if you guys have done that, Derek or Kevin. Is it even possible? Um, like once you go to work though, like, are you supposed to work? <laughs> I mean, we have different holidays up here. So I'll just say that it only happens on the, non on the non-work days. I mean, like if you have two monitors and you're just like, I mean, Andrew and I are just coders, right? So we, we can just have it up on the side and we're just chilling. I just can't imagine myself doing that at work. Like people be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, like people, I don't think time. I can do that in the workspace or in the workplace. For sure, like, for sure. It's a little, I think it's a little too BM. Yeah. I think you do it on your phone, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the idea is that um, if you're a passive investor, um, you don't have to look uh, the hour to hour basis of what the stock market is doing. And that allows you to basically be in the market without having to track each um, or monitor it every single day or even maybe every single week. Right. Um, and I mean, even depending like, on your strategy. Yeah. Right? I mean, like even if when you're passively investing, honestly, you shouldn't even look at it. Right. I think that's the main idea about passive investing. You kind of set like up a set it and forget it. Yeah, yeah. You just set up a schedule 
it invests for you every month and you're like it's good like it, it's happening in the background and i'm just enjoying my life and yeah i think like in comparison to all the other strategies that you could possibly research passive investing it's kind of like within this name it's like the most laid back relaxed chill mm-hmm. um way of being able to kind of get the results and get some gains and grow your wealth via the stock market right right and, and not and- have to do painstaking work Exactly. And you're, you're already getting like 9% back a year. I think that's the average, right? Is it nine, seven to right. 9% a year? And then, then like that definitely beats inflation. So like if you're just leaving it in your bank account, like right now, you're already losing to inflation. So you're losing 2% a year technically. So if you put it into like an ETF or something, or like you start passively investing, right? you're going to be making generally... at least seven to 9%. Exactly. It's not guaranteed. The idea guys, of investing. But well, the idea of investing is to always beat something, right? You don't want your money to yeah, lose value. So exactly. I think that makes a lot of sense. And losing the inflation just sucks because it's just like, it's there. It always happens. Won't be, you know, having enough to afford all the fun means or the, <laughs> the things that you want. <laughs> um, I think we should start going into like the, the pros and cons about passive investing. Because right now we've been talking about how like how great passive investing is and it, it's still great right we're gonna still go into a little bit of the pros but we should actually figure out like what like what issues there are with passive investing or not even issues but we're gonna sound right. like the the downsides of passively investing right i think like it's not like any strategy isn't all glamorous otherwise like everyone would be doing that specific strategy there's always some kind of trade-off that you're doing exactly. and then you're getting and so for passive investing Generally, the pros um, are diversification. So that's a topic that we can dive into deeper of what that really means. But generally, uh, a passive investor kind of has diversification by nature. It really comes very naturally. Um, And their performances are generally benchmarked. So they're always kind of hidden a a specific benchmark because if you're doing a specific one, a, a specific way of passive investing like the index, then you're just hitting that benchmark index or you're trying to track that right um and then generally as a passive investor because you're not you know doing a lot of frequent trading and you're seeking to avoid fees the pros is that you'll generally have low management fees um and that applies and is really important because the idea for an investor to really understand and grasp is this idea of compounding and when you have high you know expense ratios and fees those are also compounding alongside your growth. And so keeping those fees to a minimum is definitely one way. And then lastly, it's something that we've kind of talked about a lot is that it's a very kind of easy method. It's a set it, forget it. It's something you can have automated or you could just set yourself reminders and just do it. And it would take like a couple minutes out of your day and then you're kind of done mm-hmm. and you can say, okay, I'm in it. Yep. And then kind of moving over to the different cons that we might see is that generally because you're having such big diversifications into either an industry, a sector, the market in general, um, you're generally subject to kind of a total market or a total industry risk um, because you're not kind of funneling down those baskets of stocks and companies. Also, there's a general lack of flexibility when you want to implement any um, in terms like defensive measures. Um, But this is like, Again, it's a very specific method for index investing. Um, 
And we'll probably talk a little bit about the different types of passive investings later. Mm-hmm. And lastly, another con is it's performance constrained. Generally, if the fund's goal is to track an index, it's not going to overperform by a lot and it's not going to underperform by a lot. It's generally going to be, you know, within some kind of tracking error or some kind of tolerance to the performance constraint. Right. Um, and yeah, so yeah. let's kind of like slowly unpack that. What do you guys, what do we think about that? Yeah. So I wanted to go back to one of the pros. So like when we talk okay. about diversification, kind of explain what that means, right? So when mm-hmm. we talk about diver- like uh, inherent diversification with like index funds or mutual funds, we can kind of th- talk or think about the S&P 500 where you have, there's like indexes that follow that. So you're going to have exposure. So you're going to technically own a portion of every, all, all the top 500 companies in the U.S., and then yeah, and they're all from different sectors exactly industry exactly so they're just the five largest companies in the u.s so technically you're gonna be an investor in each one and it's really nice because now you're investing in 500 companies with just like one purchase right exactly yep and i mean like it's weighted though it's it's, it's weighted, definitely so. weighted so it's based on like how how big the company is so like by market cap so like how much yeah. how, like how people value the company mm-hmm. uh but yeah, like even as like an active investor, there's no way for me to manage more than like 10 companies by myself. I feel like if I had to, really like, truly know. Yeah, exactly. Because like I, I don't do the research in all these companies or like I couldn't research 500 companies. I don't know about Andrew, but. Um. <laughs> not even a question. <laughs> he pulls out two cans of Red Bull, hits up Suzulo, and he's like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's not possible. Yeah, so it's not possible for like, individual investors to kind of diversify in that way other than through index investing i mean not even index investing but like through passive investments so like mutual funds or pass or uh, index etfs right Um, andrew what do you think yeah like i i think a good thing a good point to clarify is that um i think oftentimes when people talk about passive investing um the 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 topic of passive index investing comes up right and so yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also a good place to make a differentiation. Um, so passive index investing, like I believe Derek had mentioned earlier, is basically when you passively invest to track a inde- index, um, whether that be in a certain sector, market, or... Yeah, so that's that's kind of a decision that uh, you, you have to make. And some of the, the pros for that basically allows you to get away with... Um, not having to worry about maybe human decision making error. True. So if you don't feel confident about other people making decisions about like a a hedge fund, making a decision about what companies are best, or even yourself about making a a good decision on what companies are good to choose. I think that's a pretty good strategy. Well, you can't, okay, playing devil's advocate. Technically, you can't say that for sure, just because... Technically, when we're talking about market cap, which is how most index funds are weighted, um, other hedge funds are the people that are like putting money into these uh, these uh, individual companies, right? So technically, you're still exposed to human error in some ways, but it it, it goes over a longer period, so it kind of averages out, right? That's the hope, because like index, right? Fund- and also. And also you're looking at, I mean, if you're talking about statistics, um, <laughs> I think you're exposed to less sampling error because you have basically closer to a population statistic, right? Yeah. True. 
Yeah. And that applies to kind of that human error aspect too. Like it's not just one person, like if one person done goofed, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a collective speculation of all the, you know, investors, investors yeah. in this game. Yeah, not like the entire just market. hedge funds, but also like retail investors to kind of individuals. Right. But then like you, you can always argue like the the whole market is being irrational, right? Then you wouldn't be an investor. <laughs> <laughs> well it's better being in the market than being out of the market right right so you kind of just have to play so like the andrew brought up passive index investing there are other forms of passive investing right so there's um there's mutual funds so they they could also be very similar too because there's like an example would be like vt Sachs and voo so one's an etf so a passive index etf and then a passive uh index mutual fund right which is vt Sachs. so they they do overlap a little bit in a lot of areas but with mutual funds you tend to a little bit more management fees I, we'll probably talk about that later but there are mutual funds that you can passively invest through uh, a, f- a one that andrew really likes there's arc invest you can passively invest like how you said that i like it you don't <laughs> i mean i like it too it. but you know <laughs> You can passively invest through them. Um, you can passively invest through your bank. So I know like Chase or Merrill Lynch, which which is with like Bank of America. You can passively invest through them by just like giving them your money and they'll do stuff with it. So like there's there's a lot of other ways and we're focusing on a very s- small subset right now just to kind of give everyone like an idea of like ways to passively invest or like ways to look at it. Exactly. I think that definition of passive is a very broad definition and it can be applied into an investor's strategy in many different ways, whether that is you're giving money to something and they automate it for you. Um, and that might not be the best, right? And so generally that's for my specific passive investing strategy. It's like a, it's another branch within this kind of domain that we're looking at. And that is the index uh, passive investing, where this one specifically really doesn't have any kind of active manager looking at the funds, deciding what to do with it, even though it, it's a basket of funds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's specifically looking at an index, which is like an average, which is like a number. It's like a statistical value that, and it's just trying to replicate that performance. Right. And in terms of like diversification, this is applied like to the U.S. markets. It's applied to international markets. It's applied to kind of the real estate market. It, you can apply this to many different industries and sectors, mm-hmm. and you could find some sort of statistical index that this type of index fund, whether that be uh, an ETF, an exchange traded fund, or an index mutual fund, um, and you can just kind of dollar cost average, which means to basically consistently buy into this whether it's at high or whether it's a low it's kind of a set it forget it every first of the month or whichever day you want it you just dollar cost average into it um that's the generally the strategy that i go for Mm -hmm. for someone who's listening who's never invested what is the i guess like i don't want to say lifestyle because it's not like this is your (laughs) life but what is something that they can look look for what are the advantages that you see with doing passive index investing for me i think passive disadvantages okay yeah so in terms of like its impact to my personal life i think passive index investing is 
a very ideal way of getting yourself into the entire stock market. I think for me, it was a great kind of level one into saying, what does it feel like to actually purchase a stock? Um, what does it feel like to go through the ups and downs of volatility in, in just an index? And what does it feel like to look at your performance, have your money grow? I think it's a great kind of small first beginner baby step into what it feels to be an investor. In terms of um, advantages, I think it gives you a lot of time back because you're not doing a lot of the research, although you are doing some research, right? Expense ratios is really important and seeing how many holdings it's had, what specific index is tracking. You're doing a very basic level of research and it's kind of like getting your feet wet for like mm -hmm. the more extensive research you might be doing if you were an active investor. Right. In terms of any drawbacks, it's very similar to kind of the cons that we mentioned earlier in terms of there's not any kind of defensive measures, right? There you're not you're not playing kind of a smart game. You're not trying to outplay anything. It's kind of like if the US stock market takes an L, you're taking an L. It's not like you're trying to minimize any risk. You're not doing anything to cut your losses. Um, it's very much you see it and that's how it is. And so I think right. that's one of the disadvantages because if someone is, you know, educated, smart, or knows something and they're able to kind of play around that, then they can minimize their losses. Whereas if you're a passive index investor, you generally believe that the long-term horizon of these kind of ups and downs will balance itself out. And mm -hmm. therefore you don't worry too much about kind of loss, you know, cutting your losses. You generally believe that in the long term of your investing horizon, things will be okay and kind of come out to be an average. So, so something that I kind of took out from the con or the drawbacks you just mentioned is that passive index investing isn't about optimization. Is that a correct statement? Mm -mm. I mean, I think optimization is very broad because I think you do optimize in terms of like your asset allocations and like what sure. you're looking for. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily like an entirely correct statement. Oh, yes. Yes, I agree. This might be a little off topic, but like, what do you say? Like you mentioned that you, you can't really hedge. What do you say to people who are like, oh, I know the market's going to probably be going down and they're a passive investor and they want to decide to sell. So like, what would you, would you ever sell out of your holdings if you saw mm -hmm. the market do, or like you start seeing like a bear market coming or right. would you stay invested? I think that goes back to the point that I mentioned earlier in regards that as a passive index investor, it's super crucial for you to be it in the long run. And as a passive investor, you are someone who believes that in the long term, like all the ups and downs will kind of play out and be the same. And so if you get that feeling of like, oh, it's it's going to be a bad you know day in the market, I'm going to just sell out now, um, you're kind of itching away slowly from the core values of what a passive investor is. You're showing a little too much interest in terms well, of like the performance and wanting to kind of protect yourself. And in mm -hmm. a sense, that's almost like timing the market, which right. is not what dollar cost averaging is about. Dollar yeah, cost averaging is, is about, you know, buying a consistent, you know, developing a consistent habit of when you purchase your stocks, whether that's high or low. If it's high, you're buying less. If it's low, you're buying more. And it's just generally makes a lot of logistical sense. Mm -hmm. But if you know you start implementing these strategies and trying to be smart, um, 
you're starting to itch away and starting to inch away from the principles of what a passive investor is looking for, which is mm -hmm. low expense ratios. Cause if you're selling stuff, you're going to be crossing like a tax gate or you might be having to pay some kind of trading fee. Mm -hmm. And so you're not really sticking to those core values of just tracking an index and having low expense ratios. Mm -hmm. If anything, right. if you do that, you might be performing worse yeah. because you're incurring was, a lot more costs. I was going to say, Kevin, to your question about um, whether, like what you would do, I think passive index, I think as Derek mentioned, it kind of plays out in that manner. But if you do passively invest through, let's just say mutual funds that are actively managed or ETFs that are actively managed by hedge funds, um, I mean, hopefully they are doing that for you as pros that have information that you and I probably won't be able to collect. Right. Um, and Which analyze. is the sketchy part. Well, it's sketchy because there's What's a sketchy, What's a sketchy <laughs> It's sketchy because there's human error, right? So that's what you're saying? Right. Right. Oh, I, I think... was also saying sketchy because if you ask them about their strategy, they won't most mutual funds won't publicly tell you their strategies or how they Oh, that's about true too. That's true too. Yeah. Like that's why ARC is kind of different, right? Because they, they're willing to kind of tell you what their strategy is and why they're investing in certain companies. Right. Right. Yeah. But the idea is that if you have someone else manage your money and that there are Hopefully they're um, pros. They they know what they're doing. They're credited. Um, then they will do that for you. Hopefully in the right direction. So Andrew, are we pros? No, I'm definitely not a pro. Exactly. I'm just saying. If this is. I, I give my money to work. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, H2W podcast. Uh, Kevin, Derek, and. Uh, I are not financial advisors and we're not certified in any manner to give tax consult tax consultation and financial advice. So yeah, specifically if you're seeking for, this episode, for that professional, advice. yeah, <laughs> you're seeking information um, regarding that matter, go seek a financial advisor. Maybe they can become your portfolio manager. And that's passive investing too. Yeah. But not the right way. <laughs> Ooh, is there a right way, Derek? Dang, it's opinion. There is there. no right way. There is no right way. Okay, I take so, that. Yeah, but why do you say that then? There are cons to having, because, well, my personal feeling from the research that I've done is that generally a portfolio manager accepts a pretty high fee because they are charging you for their labor. Right. They are specifically looking at your portfolio. They're managing it and tailoring it to your lifestyle, your choices, when do you want to retire? So they're doing a lot of, these decisions for you. Um, whereas if you're just a passive index investor, you kind of sit back and you're saying, I generally just going to take the conservative, you know, general S and P performance or whatever index or the accumulation of indexes that you're tracking. And you just going to kind of accept that and mm -hmm. you don't try to do more. You don't try to do less. Right. Yeah. So like, you're not trying to outperform anything. So you're saying like these financial advisors, they're just useless. <laughs> the idea, well, there's always that argument, right? There's the argument that like, why don't you trust the professionals? And, and so as a passive investor, you'll hear a lot of evidence in regards to that statement revolve around, goes back to those expense ratios. Just because like a portfolio manager might say that they outperform the market, it's not indicative. Um, it's not indicative that they will continue to do that. And it's also not indicative that their performance is exactly the amount of returns that you get mm. because generally their performance might look really good, but if they have a lot of fees, by the time those gains get passed down to you, it's generally after they paid off themselves, their workers, their entire you know hedge fund, 
mm-hmm. then you get the you know the the cream so like the top of the you ice the cream crumbs. <laughs> yeah you kind of get the crumbs and so yeah. generally as a passive investor <laughs> you you recognize that and you say that i'm gonna not do anything flashy and by getting really minimum and low expense ratios i'm actually in turn going to be outperforming a lot of people who are paying absurd amount of expense ratios to these hedge fund managers that, i kind of want to hear you guys is both the- oh yeah go ahead I kind of want to hear both your guys' opinions on this because I know this will obviously be very different. But in this day and age of you know Robinhood investors who are getting like hundreds percent returns, um, and I think generally the younger generation who is entering the stock market wants to see returns at least double digits a year, right? I think that's like the normalcy that people expect. I don't know if it's really normal, but I think. Today, and especially this last past year, that's something that we've been seeing. So um, what is your um, opinion about beating the market and expecting returns um, that do actually do that? Are you asking like if we should be modest or more modest? Or are you asking if we... Uh, I, guess, um, I guess my question is with passive investing, um, what is the kind of strategy or what is the outlook on beating the market mm-hmm. or meeting the market, right? right? I think it really depends, right? Because you can't really, as a as an individual investor, so like these kids who are joining like retail investors, right? Honestly, you should try to, if you're aiming for double digits, that's not really impressive if you're looking at last year because the index did 35%, I think. So double digits, like the index did that. So if as a passive investor, you did 35%. It was like no, no big deal. Like they didn't do anything and you probably had to do a lot more, right? So... That's why a lot of fund managers kind of look at it, look at the S&P and they're like, okay, I need to beat that as my benchmark. Um, and then like I, for myself, I also think that's like the thing as like an active investor, a more active investor. But in terms of as a passive investor, I think it's just staying disciplined, right? In your mindset, you know, like some years you're going to do amazing like that. And then like if, if you looked at other people who are not invested in the S&P in the last year, they lost out on 35% gains just by not being passively invested or people who were searching for entry points. Right. So they're like, Oh, like this stock is going up so fast. Cause like, you know, the beginning of the, uh, the pandemic, everyone was like, Oh my gosh, like stocks recovered too quick. They have to come back down. Right. And they're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And they're like, it never came back down since then. <laughs> like you, you guys know that. Right. So, yeah. um, it depends on the person. I think in my opinion, like, Passive investing definitely has it's uh, has times where it's pretty good in terms of like getting people in the mindset, at least, of in- investing like monthly or just consistently. Right. And I guess what I have to say to that is generally like revolves around risk. Passive is a very considered safe way of doing things because it does not involve a lot of kind of either subjective or you know, decisions that you're making. It's a very kind of statistical proven method that works, you know, has worked for people in the past, has worked for people today. And it's kind of consistent in terms of like what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas like when you're trying to like pick your individual stocks, you're doing a lot of speculations, you're doing a lot of research. And those are also kind of factual based as well. But there's a level of complexity to each of those. And there's so many depending factors that it kind of, makes that decision a little bit harder for you. And as someone who's like initially coming into this investing field, 
it's uh it's really risky to really try to chase really big returns i mean i like chasing big returns but just defending passive investing here <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you we don't have to defend it we, it's a it's a good talk about it yeah and and there, i think i mentioned this in a prior episode the reason why i've been sticking to it is because i still feel that i'm a new investor and i don't trust myself completely with picking any individual stocks quite yet and therefore this is a great way to be in the market and you know realizing not exactly realize but you know, be in on these gains that we're seeing from just an index mm-hmm. and not have to worry too much about oh did i pick the right stock or not right and this is like my own personal opinion i also think that the current market we're in is like a very greedy market and because we're in that i'm like an extra extra layer of hesitancy exists for me in terms of wanting to pick anything because i feel like things could be overpriced right now like i feel like in general things are overpriced Mm -hmm. why do you think they're overpriced it goes back to being greedy right like generally right now if people have a lot of money on their hands from either staying inside from covid and not really needing to go out or you know they're following the hype that we've seen with dogecoin tesla everyone's kind of pulling their money they they want to they're fueled by that greed of wanting to kind of get on, get in on these returns too. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, you're kind of also bumping up the price for everyone else. And so, but at one point, you know, the idea, another principle that passive investors believe is that, you know, general worth of a company will kind of come back and neutralize to what it actually is. And so if a company isn't actually performing to those speculated kind of performance, then over time, it's going to come back down. And then if you're not someone who's always up to date with things, then you, you might take a big L. Whereas an index investor kind of just naturalizes the results. Mm. Very interesting. Because technically, <laughs> you can apply dollar cost averaging in that scenario too. But so to wrap things up in this first episode of passive investing, we're, we generally talked about like the general concept of passive investing and how to kind of get started and also like the the pros and cons about choosing this game plan as your main game plan. So like joining Derek's train. So in the next episode, we're going to be talking about the the things you should be looking for when you're picking your passive investments. Cause they're like Derek kind of mentioned in the beginning or like in the middle of the, the conversation, there is some research you have to do. So there's a lot of upfront research that you're going to have to do to find, find the specific ones. And we're going to be here to help you kind of like look for certain things, like give you ideas on what to look for. Mm-hmm. So join us back on the next episode of Passive Investing Part 2 of Getting Started. That might not be the title, but you know. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Yep.